The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised. When Nicole Sandler sits down to do her show, she's the producer, booking the guests, pulling the audio, planning the show, the engineer, running the controls, troubleshooting any problems, playing the sounds, following the guests, and she's the webmaster, writing the blog, posting the podcast, maintaining the website, not to mention the host, interviewing the guests, explaining the issues, giving opinions, and calling out the bad guys, and then you get the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. You're so fake. Look at the mistakes you make. Hey, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Hey. Oh, Nikki took a hit being such a hypocrite and icky. Oh. Hey, Nikki. Oh. For years you got away with pandering to each side. But now that your ambition's going nationwide, all your stupid gaffes were not gonna let slide. No, Nikki. Nikki? Huh? Hey, Nikki. Question on the Civil War made you choke. Uh-huh. Your rivals all attacked as you became a joke. You know it's bad when you turn Ron DeSantis woke. Oh, Nikki. Oh, Nikki, it's not tricky. Anyone can see. We know the Civil War was caused by slavery. Oh, Nikki, be more picky about what you say. And don't try to pretend. You're not far right as can be, Nikki. We no. all can see, yeah, Nikki. No. Hey, Nikki. Yeah? You took credit oh, for her. removing yeah. that old Confederate flag, but for years you had defended it, which kind of makes me gag. So it's not really something about which you should brag. Hey, Nikki. What? You said we should raise the age at which people retire, but when someone asked about it, you called him a liar. Yeah? But he had tapes, and now the Internet's on fire. Hey, Uh-oh. Nikki. What a pity, as the critics stump. It's clear you sold your soul when you posted up to Trump. Oh, Nikki, be more picky about what you say. And don't try to pretend. Mm-hmm. You're not a gross hypocrite, Nikki. And full of shit, Nikki. <laughs> oh, Nikki, it's not tricky. Anyone can see. We know the Civil War was caused by slavery. You think? Oh, be more picky about what you say and don't try to pretend. No. You're not far right as can be, Nikki. We all can see, Nikki. Oh, Nikki, what a pity as the critics stump. It's clear you sold your soul when you cozied up to Trump. Oh, Nikki, be more picky about what you say. Don't turn the video off just yet. Oh, it's more here okay. a quick reminder that if you enjoy these weekly videos, I hope you consider supporting through my Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, which is less than half the cost of a latte, you'll get bonus content as well as the satisfaction that you're helping me continue to put these videos out, helping everybody laugh at the news. And these days, don't we all need more laughter? Yes. Thanks. Thank you, Lauren Mayer, everybody. Oh, Nikki, you know, you know. Yes, my name is Nicole. Nicole Sandler. That's my real name. And when I was a kid, I was called Nikki. Spelled that way, too. I'll tell you, though, when I was a kid, there were not many Nikki's. I was I was kind of alone. And now there's a song. There's a few songs. So, Lauren Mayer, the next Nikki song you must parody is Prince's Darling Nikki, because at least that was a good song, even if the lyrics were somewhat. um, um well, titillating, <laughs> I guess. All right. Welcome to a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. No, there was not a show yesterday. I actually had planned on being here yesterday. But the guest that I was hoping for um, couldn't do it. 
And uh, frankly, I was relieved because Sunday night, I did not sleep. Uh, You know, and the public service announcement, there is such a thing as restless leg syndrome. And it really, really sucks. And I have it. And on the nights when it's really bad, it's really bad. Um, it's really bad. So I, I um, and it was really bad Sunday night. And I did not, I was up all night pacing, walking around the house, just trying to calm my legs. And so finally, yesterday morning, I slept for, I don't know, maybe an hour. And so I was a little toasty yesterday. And so when the the guest fell through, I thought, all right, it's a holiday after all, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And look, if I'm going to take off that holiday... Uh, I normally would do something, you know, Martin Luther King Day has has been turned into a, a day of service. And uh, but I was in no shape to, to, to be of service to anyone either, because I was I was frankly just running on fumes. So it was a much needed day off. I slept a little bit. I take meds for it, too, uh, except, you know, what happened? What I learn is oftentimes I take a number of different medications for it. it and restless leg syndrome. Sorry, this is a, a, a an abridged edition of the Mal Ladies. It's it's a show that I have an idea for a show where women, you know, Laffy maybe will come back and do this with me. <laughs> women of a certain age, as we get older, we start having all these maladies, you know, all these things, health issues, and we could talk about them forever. So, uh, ladies sitting around talking about our maladies. It's called the Mal Ladies. And come on, you know you want to participate. Anyway, I take a, I, we, I wear a patch. 24-7, I wear a patch. It's, a, uh, it's called, um, oh, damn. It's called the, uh, now that I'm trying to think of it, I can't. Um, um, uh, oh, man. God, I hate it when that happens, don't you? I, one of my maladies, because it's, yeah. Anyway, it's a patch that I wear. And sometimes when I get out of the shower, I forget to put on the new patch. And that's what happened. And I realized that if I get to like four o'clock in the morning and my legs are still acting up and I can't sleep, chances are I forgot to put on a patch. And I did. That's what happened. And so, yeah. Anyway, my fault. I mean, it could have been avoided. Although there are times when I'm wearing the patch and I take the carbidopa levodopa and I take the gabapentin and my legs still mess with me. It is not fun. It's so funny. I've had people say, I think I might have restless leg syndrome. No. If you had it, you would know. Maybe you've got jumpy legs or something. Uh, John Stewart calls them the Jimmy legs. Who knew? Um, but you would know if you had it because you would be up all night. All right. Enough of that. Enough of that. Uh, um, so yesterday, in addition to being Martin Luther King Jr. Day, it was also the Iowa caucuses. Now, not for the Democrats. The Democrats said, screw this. Why do we have our first in the nation contest in a state that never goes for Democrats? And so they said, okay, we're going to skip over Iowa. But this time they also skipped over New Hampshire to go directly to South Carolina, another state that never goes for Democrats. That was Joe Biden with payback for Jim Clyburn. Not that it matters because uh, from what the news media is telling us, those African-Americans are kind of down on Joe Biden these days, which makes no sense because... um, 
you know, come on, look at the alternative. I think Joe Biden has done a good job for most Americans. A white, black, brown, yellow, green, purple, orange. Yes, even the orange one. There's only one orange one. But, you know, uh, Joe Biden has been good for this country. The economy is roaring so much so that the orange one said, I think we need needs to crash now. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, that happened. But so so these Iowa caucuses. That garnered, what, 120 some odd thousand votes was the most expensive on record. This this is shocking when you look at how much money they spent on this thing yesterday. And and people are pissed. The people who went, who braved the cold and the ice and the snow and the wind and the cold and the cold and the cold um, that went out to these caucus sites to to, you know, <laughs> register their approval of the orange Twitler, um, they were pissed because all the networks called it like less than 30 minutes after the, the, they're not even polls after the caucus halls opened. Yeah. Well, because the orange one got 51% of the vote. Well, of the caucusing, because they don't really vote. They kind of do, but they, who knows? I don't even know anymore, but, um, it was the lowest turnout in history, since they've been keeping track, it was also the most expensive Republican caucus on record. On record, more than $120 million was spent on ads in Iowa. And of the three still standing, which one do you think, which one do you think uh, spent the most? See, I know I was thinking it was, uh, it, you know, more on death sentence, too, but it wasn't. It was Nikki. Hey, Nikki. Thirty seven million dollars spent. She did. Sorry, I was trying to make it up on the fly. Um, Nikki Haley spent thirty seven million dollars on the Iowa caucuses. No, uh, you know, DeSantis spent an ungodly amount as well. I don't, I couldn't tell you exactly how much, but a, a ridiculous amount of money to garner 23,000 votes. I, I kid you not. Nikki Haley spent $37 million for 22,000 votes. What you know? Come on, the, the, what what do you say, Joe? Come on, man! Come on, man! Yeah, the, 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 what we're spending for voting is is criminal. Should be anyway. And and yeah, so and people are pissed that uh, that they called it before they even had a chance to register their preferences, uh, and then, oh, Nikki, you're so dumb! You're so dumb! You blow my bum. Um, hey, Nikki. Yeah, Nikki, despite finishing third, yeah, she, she actually came in behind DeSantis, which is mind boggling. But um, so she so DeSantis got finished with like 21.3% and Nikki Haley's 19.3% or something like that. And Nikki Haley then said, now it's a two person race. What, between Ron and, and, and Donald? Because no matter how you slice it, it makes no sense. But I'll tell you who really won 
yesterday. It wasn't the orange Cheeto. It wasn't, um, oh, Nikki, she's not fine. It wasn't loser DeSantis. No, it was Joe Biden. Because what we learned yesterday, that Joe Biden's campaign in the, in the final quarter of 2023 raised $97 million. $97 million. That's a lot of money. And it's like three times as much money as Nikki Haley spent in Iowa. Go figure. Um, yeah. You know what? It's all, it's all obscene. It may not be criminal, but it's certainly obscene. Just think of what could be done. Let's just look at the money that Nikki Haley spent on ads in Iowa. What, what did I say? It was $37 million. I could do a lot of good in the world with $37 million. So could you. Just saying. Can you imagine if all the money that's spent on elections, on getting you to vote for, you know, the, the preferred candidate of whomever is running the ads, if all that money was put to, oh, house the homeless or feed the hungry? Yeah, we might be able to do away with homelessness. We might be able to cure childhood food insecurity in this country, the wealthiest nation on the planet, in the history of the planet. We have something like 25% of our kids going to sleep hungry at night. Can you imagine if all the money that we blew on elections were spent on feeding hungry people instead? Just a thought. You know, that's my case for, uh, for, for campaign finance reform which we so desperately need, public financing of elections. Can you imagine? I'm going to get back on that, uh, on that bandwagon again. Because we throw away some, I don't ever want to hear Republicans scream about our, uh, you know, a non-discretionary spending because we spend so much money on elections that could be put to better use taking care of our fellow human beings. We should not have hunger in this country. We should not have homelessness, especially when we have record-breaking cold and people are on the streets. And and Nikki Haley spends $37 million on ads in Iowa alone to finish third in the caucuses. Something is just broken there. So anyway, there's that. and by the way, uh, the, the government, uh, well, the government is sort of shut down today. D.C. public schools and the federal government allegedly are closed today due to the snow and the cold. But the House and Senate, well, are kind of in session. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, anyway, so there, there's other news going on. But um, I see one of our guests is here. So I'm going to get into this. Now, last week, um, I read to you an article from uh, that I found that actually my husband found on alternate and he sent it to me and he's like, you're not going to believe this. Now, you know, um, David and I left Florida. What now? Three months ago, four months ago, we left in September, drove cross country, got here to Arizona now. And I know you're saying, well, well, you traded one for another. Well, the th- the difference is Florida is trending not only redder, but you know, <laughs> 
uh, it's the color of batshit crazy is what Florida is going. Also the color of fascism, but you know, I digress. Um, and uh, so I, I always keep an eye on what's going on in Florida. And so David sent me this article that, that was in alternate and it talked about, you know, they just kicked off their legislative session in Florida. The legislature meets for, I think, 60 days each year, starting in January, uh, January through March. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, DeSantis, when he came into office now five years ago, he he was already handed an insurance crisis. If you're in Florida, you cannot um, buy uh, a homeowner's insurance. You cannot get homeowner's insurance in Florida. There was a crisis there when Rick Scott was governor. Remember Rick Scott? Yeah, he's senator. Um, he was also guilty of the biggest um, um, uh, of uh, Medicare fraud in the country. His co- the company that he ran was called Columbia HCA, and Rick Scott was guilty of of. Uh, Medicare fraud. In fact, when he was testifying as chair of Columbia HCA, um, he took the fifth, I think it was 75 times uh, because that's, you know, that's who he is and what he did. And so, um, uh, so (laughs) that's Rick Scott. And um, not only so, but the the, the Medicare thing was totally different. There was a, a property insurance um, problem in Florida before Ron DeSantis took office. And um, thank you, you know, Rick Scott left it there. Ron DeSantis did nothing to alleviate the problem. He, it, it only got worse under him. And um, yeah, and so, and here we are. So um, I, I'm trying, I'm fumfering I'm, I'm because I'm trying to get my, uh, uh, <laughs> my my uh my my shot set up because i have uh i'm just going to bring them on just know that the names are backwards um i'm our pal boca Brittany summers is here and i'm thrilled to welcome aaron reed aaron in the morning to the show uh aaron Britt, thank you for joining us can you both hear me okay I hear you fine. There you go. Eric. I hear you loud and clear. Yay. Okay. So I love it when things work. Uh, they don't always work the way they're supposed to here. Um, but so uh, Aaron and, and Britt are here. Their names are backwards on the Chiron, but I, I can't deal with that now. We know we, we know that you, they're, they're reversed. Anyway, so um, Britt is a dear old friend of mine, Aaron, just so you know, uh, Boca and I have known each other for years. Boca has been part of the Florida radio scene for decades. She was on the Neil Rogers show and Neil was like Florida radio royalty uh, some decades ago. And today Brit still does her show, The Brit Summer Show at thebritsummershow.com. And Aaron Reed, um, I just learned of you. I told when I saw the article, it was taken from your Substack, which is at www.aaroninthemorning.com. Uh, it's a Substack, and and a piece of it was published on Alternet just last week, and that's how I found out about the the, the this legislation that's being now, uh, I guess, brought up in this legislative session. That's happening in Florida right now. That would basically outlaw my friend Britt. Yeah, and it went to committee. 
It went this to, week. Oh, my goodness. So the session just began last week. So now yeah. I want to back up a little bit because, Aaron, you your sub stack, you write about all things uh, trans and queer and legislation happening around the country so that we know about it. How long have you been doing this? Yeah. So, you know, I started about four and a half years ago and primarily I was reporting on bills and, and clinics and on uh, Twitter, but about two and a half years ago, as soon as we started hearing murmurs that Elon Musk was purchasing Twitter, I moved my reporting to TikTok. And then about a year and a half ago, I stepped away from my job to write full time about all of the legislation, the hearings, the major cultural moments around trans, queer, LGBTQ issues, um, because we have seen more bills targeting the community in the last few years than the last 10 years combined. And so I knew that 2023 would be very difficult. And I stepped full time into this work. Uh, great. And, so you know, it's so funny when I was when I saw Erin in the morning, I'm thinking, oh, she does a radio show because that's such a typical radio thing. And then I read. So you publish your your sub stack in the morning. Is that where Erin in the morning came from? Um, to some degree, actually, more comes from the fact that I wake up pretty early in the morning to get all of the legislative hearings and my schedule is set. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it's a name I've been using for a while. It just kind of came to me a long time ago. And I've just been reporting on the legislation ever since. Awesome. So now, Britt, were you familiar with Aaron before? Because the day that I read your article, um, I reached out to Britt because she is also, um, uh, you know, she's the official trans woman of the Nicole Sandler show and uh, a dear friend. And um, uh, Britt's also been battling cancer. So she's she she's having a rough time. And that day she could not come on the air. And she said, let me recommend someone. And she told me about you and said that you had been on Tom Hartman's show that day. So we're in good company. We follow Tom is on We're we're on the progressive voices network and Tom is on here and our picture just for us um, a little bit earlier in the morning. I don't know. What, there we uh-huh. go. Okay. I'll just bring me over here now. Now it's working again. Um, we have gremlins, I guess that followed me <laughs> from Florida anyway. So, um, but so Britt, did you know of Aaron's work before you, no. you heard her on, on Hartman's show? no, uh, if I may add that when I, when I saw, well, I have Tom on in the background, you know, when I'm doing my other work, uh-huh. it's like, you know, you know, background noise, but then Erin went on and I'm like, oh, what, what, huh? And she flipped my wig. It's like, <laughs> I, I was so happy to hear her because she, she, she's one of the representatives of our community that we really need. We, we've never had, uh, oh, we, we haven't had many, let's just say. Uh, uh, representatives of the com- community that are easy on camera, you know, and 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 really know how to just state the facts. Uh, that was Princess Mimi, by the way. <laughs> uh, and and just uh, you know what I'm saying. I don't know why you don't. Thank you. you really need to hire a publicist because <laughs> our uh, news media. And you'll have to forgive me. My brain is. Because of all the drugs, I understand. Um, uh, our national news media—they're ignorant. Number one, when it comes to us, yeah, and and, and uh, it's really stupid. Uh, I mean, they'll go to RuPaul for for questions. They'll they'll go to, and, and if they can find Laverne Cox, she's not bad at it either. But they just don't know who they we are. They think that's all there are, right? Yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. RuPaul and Laverne Cox. Yeah, there's one. There's one point six million of us out there. Thank you. Uh, so, I, I would think you'd be a great addition to, like uh, the punditry that's on the air, because our big problem is, 
And the reason this legislation passes so easily, uh, people don't know who we are and they've never met us. And it's, it's been your experience, I'm sure. It's the same with me. When, and, and I'm a vet, so I go to the veterans hospital all the time and I see grizzled old men all the time. And they they know what I am. They just sit down and talk to me. We have a wonderful conversation. And when I leave, they have a whole different opinion about what trans women are all about. And we had a, you have, a, have to face-to-face communication, build a bridge of communication, you know. Um, and I think you did an excellent job on Hartman. And you know, you'll do uh, excellent work for us in the future. And, and Nicole, because... Uh, uh, um, I'm not what I used to be. Uh, I passed the uh, transgender information <laughs> baton to Aaron if, if I'm not available. Well, if, if, if I might, if I might add, am I in here? You know, there is something called the mere exposure effect, where just knowing somebody who is of any sort of minority community does help in your appreciation and understanding of that community. And I do think it's important. You know, we are everywhere. Um, Most people do have a trans person either in their family or in their colleague and work group. And all you have to do is get to know them. Um, I think that many people are doing amazing things out there. Many trans people are doing amazing things out there. And the way in which these bills target us, I think, does a disservice to the contributions that we do bring to society. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And just what you said, you know, uh, back, I'm guessing it was in the 90s, there was a sea change when it came to to the gay community because of uh, Will and Grace, frankly, a show that I never watched because I didn't think it was funny. But but because of Will and Grace, the attitude was now everyone has a gay best friend. We get it. Okay. And then it was like no big deal. Well, we need the same kind of inclusion for trans people. Um, you know, I've known Britt for for a lot of years. I knew Britt before, well, I had met Britt before she transitioned publicly. Um, but the, 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 you know, the, the fact is too many, uh, that, that the, these laws start getting bandied about. And it's not only... In Florida, but there was a sim. Well, let me put up this map because, um, Aaron, on your blog at uh, you have to put the www. I think uh, AaronInTheMorning.com. Yeah, I think so. www.AaronInTheMorning.com. Yeah. And you have. Oh, and I, I see your kitty there. <laughs> you have a um, a uh, uh, let me bring up this picture here because I'm uh, doing this all myself. Hold on one second. I want to bring up this map. So you have this trans legislation map. Um, and uh, basically, first of all, Florida is a different color than everywhere else. And you can't read it very well on the screen, but it says do not travel. Um, Florida is the worst in the nation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, I kept this map up for about two years and for the longest time, the top color was that dark red color that you see. Those are the worst laws passed. Those those are bills that ban gender affirming care for trans youth and trans adults. These are bathroom bans and more. But what Florida did um, last year was they created a criminal um, penalty for using the bathroom of your gender identity if it didn't match your assigned sex at birth. And this caused Equality Florida, it caused HRC and a number of other organizations to release travel advisories for the state. And therefore I had to add an entirely new category. It was a category warning trans people from travel there. If if, if I caught a connecting flight through Florida, thankfully there aren't that many because Florida is at the bottom uh, southeast of the country. But if I caught a connecting flight through Florida and used the bathroom that I've been using for the last five or six years, uh, I could go to jail for a year. And it's terrifying, I think, for a lot of trans people. 
That is that I, 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 I'm just blown away by that. Now, Brit, has it manifested itself in any um, uh, discrimination, any anything that you've experienced since I, this I, has been bandied about or you're not out much these days? Yeah. One thing I can tell you is that when I'm on the federal property of the VA, it's uh, how would you like to be addressed? It's uh, I get treated with the utmost respect uh, uh, from the uh, federal employees of the Veterans Administration. Mm-hmm. I, I feel safe there, but then and then when I go back out to Commercial Boulevard, it's all different thing. Uh, yeah, the, it's, yeah, this, and this distracts because on federal property we still do have regulations that allow trans people to express themselves to use the bathroom that matches their gender identity and more. Um, but in Florida, um, in schools, in public buildings in Florida that are owned by the state, airports, beach houses, like the beach um, bathrooms and more, you can get in a lot of trouble as a trans person there. And I think that it's it's very hard right now for the trans people I know in the state. Now, now I, I, I'm sorry, Brett, you were going to say something? Uh, I just wanted to, um, because you may not be aware of this, uh, we had uh, in 2015, long before, not long before, but before Trump was around, we had, and I think it was the same people who um, uh, 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 composed this, uh, this uh, Nazi law. Uh, I forgot who it was. Oh, yeah. Florida Family Action. I think there were the same people behind it. it was, um, SB 528, and it was in 2015. And it was, that was the only anti-trans bill on on the floor. And, and uh, 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 I, I couldn't motivate anybody. I'm in South Florida, and then we have the lake. And up in uh, 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 north of that, we have Orlando, Jacksonville, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't motivate one transgender person down here to get involved to fight that bill. Uh, they, this, somebody who was engaged uh, held a transgender um, emporium in Orlando across the way from Amway Stadium, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and up there, they're very motivated and very engaged. And what happened in 2015 is they all showed up in Tallahassee when that bill was being argued. And and they all represented themselves, and they did a beautiful job of doing it. And oh, the bill was <laughs> defeated. What, what do you want, baby? The bill was defeated easily. This time, <laughs> when they had the, a similar bill go through, no one showed up. And I don't know what this apathy is all about. Uh, I think people are afraid in Florida. Florida has gotten really um, just looking at what they've done to the new college. Uh, everything that Ron DeSantis is about is yeah. is about putting down people and segments of the population that he doesn't like, that he doesn't agree with, that he that don't follow his ascribed uh, belief in what morality. I mean, it just it makes no. It's one of the reasons we left Florida. Big reason why we left Florida. Yeah. Um, so I spoke. I spoke to many people in Florida who went through that. Uh, people from New College that fled New College to go to other universities after that was done. And I think that one important point to raise here is that one of the reasons why you might be seeing less activism, unfortunately, Brittany, in in that area, is because a, a recent data for Progress poll showed that. A large amount of trans people have fled their home states. And I know that this is especially the case in Florida, where much of the gender affirming care for even trans adults has been shut down. I know many clinics that have been closed by DeSantis and by Florida's laws. And so a lot of people have had to 
had no choice but to leave. And it's, it's sad because like people don't want to leave their homes. Nobody should be forced to leave their homes. Nobody should be forced to leave their state. Um, but in the case of Florida, you know, many people have no choice. Right. So, so this legislation that's currently now, as, as Britt told us in committee in the Florida legislative special session that's underway, um, would we, we already know about the bans throughout the country on gender affirming care for kids. And can you please state that sex change operations are not being done on children, that that is yeah, a line yeah, of so, bullshit? Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of misinformation about trans care for trans youth. You know, whenever you're under 18, uh, most trans kids honestly just get a change of name and haircut. And then if there are, there's a, there's a percentage that do go on to get puberty blockers at 12 or 13, buys them extra time, buys them a couple more years. Uh, they're fully reversible. And then once they get to 15 or so, that's whenever they can start hormone therapy, which will allow them to, you know, go through the puberty that matches their, their gender identity. And this is really important for them because number one, it sucks to have to go through two puberties, you know, to have to go through your bodies. And then later on, You've got to transition medically. Um, so that that in and of itself can be difficult. And then the second thing is that we know that gender affirming care for the trans youth who are determined to need it reduces suicidality by 73%, reduces depression by 63%. It saves lives. And you don't even have to think about the stats to understand this. Just meet a trans kid. Like go out, find some, like talk to somebody, talk to the family members, talk to your friends. The people that are the, the kids, the, the teens that are trans that have gotten this care almost unanimously, you can, you can hear the parent reports if you watch the hearings about how they talk about prior to getting gender affirming care, their kid was depressed, anxious, sad, and was even, you know, suicidal Suicidal, in many cases. And immediately upon uh, starting care, it's like their world's lit up. They, they developed into the confident person that they are today. And as a trans person myself, you know, this is very intuitive to us, to trans people. We understand what that's like. We, many of us have gone through our teenage years. Many of us wish that we could have obtained gender affirming care back then. Unfortunately, whenever I grew up in South Louisiana in the 1990s, that was not an option for me. But now that it is, you know, and now that we see people have this option, we don't, it's really sad to see it pulled away. Yes. And by the way, uh, having heard many parents of transgender children interviewed, you know that these kids know at a very, very early age who they are. They have a sense of self. And when they are allowed to be, as the, the, the term that I've heard so many times from uh, trans friends of mine, your own authentic self, they come into their own. They blossom. The depression goes away. Not that not saying all their problems end, because as you both know full well, living life as a transgender woman or man in this country, in this world, uh, is not easy. Uh, um, I remember hearing one, I remember hearing one testimony where a parent came up and said, you know, prior to transition, my, my uh, daughter was depressed, suicidal. They transitioned, they became happy, hopeful. And now the things that they get anxious about are the normal teenage things they get anxious about being turned down for a date or going to the movies or making friends or studying for a test. And these are the problems that we want our, our, our youth to to grapple with, not having to fight for their existence, having to fight for their rights in state legislatures. Right. So here, here, thank goodness I'm not in Florida anymore. But when I was there, you know, and and going through the crap that DeSantis was pulling, the don't say gay legislation, like you really in school, that's when kids need to explore everything. You're not allowed to talk about, you know, uh, what you did 
over your summer vacation if you're Susie and you have two moms. I mean, it's absurd. And now this takes it to a whole different level. Um, Britt's always been very, you know, in addition to radio, she's been involved in the Democratic clubs and everything. But now uh, I'm guessing, Britt, you don't you don't get out to them very often. Do you still stay in touch with these people? Are they aware of what's happening? Not really, no. Uh, I used to be legislative liaison for the women's club. Yeah. Now the women's club is gone. You know, Democrats, you know, we, we just got to stop tripping over our, ourselves. We got uh, problems. You know, what scares me more than Trump is the Democratic Party because they, they're just sitting back. Why don't they hire uh, the um, uh, Lincoln Project? Well, because the Lincoln Project, because really you want the Democrats to rely on Republicans to get across an inclusive message? You have no one else to rely on. Well, but the thing is, there are smart, intelligent, creative people who are Democrats. I just don't know where they are. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. At least they're doing it. If we did have that type of operation, that's what it would be. Those ads, they're, they're beautiful. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but for us to just sit back and relax and watch what happens here, you know, oh, he's going to hang himself. That's what they said, what, in 2016? Oh, he's going to hang himself. Yeah, not so much. So smug. And now, so, so, so I know, uh, I, I know you, Aaron, you show Florida on that map as being the worst do not travel, don't go there. And I, I'm with you. Um, but it's similar legislation is now being introduced in other states like West Virginia. Yeah, so in West Virginia, there was recently a bill introduced. I think it's going to be heard either this week or next week that would mandate that all therapists in the state um, not, quote unquote, and I'm, this is just directly quoting, continue the delusion of being transgender. And so basically we'd force all, all therapists in the state to uh, provide conversion therapy, to do conversion therapy. If they use a trans person's names or pronouns, it would be against the law. Oh it would ban God. gender affirming care up to the age of 21. I mean, you know, this sounds out there and it is. I'm going to be clear, it is out there. But we're progressively seeing every single year that the most out there bill of this year becomes the bill next year that passes in 15 states. You know, you mentioned don't say gay earlier. Whenever Florida did the don't say gay bill back in like 2021, it was a big deal. But what didn't get as much coverage is the very next year, 12 states passed don't say gay laws. And now many of those states have gone further than Florida and Florida has gone further than Florida. Florida has passed one that goes all the way up to, um, you know, late high school. And then just this year, just a few weeks ago, Florida proposes HB 599, which would apply don't say gay to the workplace. So you, you ba- it would basically force don't ask, don't tell oh for trans people God. and gay people in the workplace. I mean, this is where we're going. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, you mentioned about like Democrats fighting and stuff like that. Um, we need to understand that while it is targeting us right now as trans people, It's not going to stop with us. And they're going to use the exact same logic that they use to target us to then go and target gay and and lesbian people, bisexual people, to then target women, people needing abortions, people who need birth control. I mean, they're using the exact same logic and they're trying to use the exact same court rulings to attack all of these areas of care or areas of existence. Well, we're, we're speaking with Erin Reed. Erin in the Morning uh, is, is the name of her blog or Substack, which you can subscribe to at www.erininthemorning.com. Uh, and Boca Brittany Summers is here. You know, I brought up um, West Virginia because I've got another friend, another radio friend in West Virginia. 
who um, transitioned just a couple of years ago as an adult. Uh, Robin Kincaid is her name. And she's still doing radio. She did radio before she transitioned. And uh, boy, talk about, you know, a a, a complete 180 Uh, because I've known her for years, never had any idea that she was a trans woman, but it's something that has been going. And now and she's lived her whole life in West Virginia. I always thought she was nuts for being in West Virginia, but she would talk about the natural beauty of the state. And there are a lot of really good people there. And and now this is happening. Now, frankly, I have not spoken with her since I found out that this legislation is moving through her state. Um, But this is I mean, I I feel like we're in the 30s and it's Nazi Germany again. Yeah. You know, that's also a very apt, uh, very apt comparison, because actually, uh, if you go back to the 1930s, and if many of your viewers and listeners remember in, the, in their history textbooks, the piles of books that are burning in those black and white pictures, what you often don't hear in those textbooks or in your history classes is which books they were burning. They were burning in those pictures the very first 30 years into trans and queer research by the Institute of Sexology, Magnus Hirschfeld. Uh, in fact, Nazis and the rise of fascism in Germany very first targeted queer and trans people. And in fact, the first um, Der Stormer uh, episode uh, editions, this was the German Nazi newspaper at the time, uh, would feature in the very earliest, like the, the fifth or sixth release of this newspaper that was monthly, uh, would feature a picture of Magnus Hirschfeld, who led the Institute of Sexology, stating that he was sexualizing minors. Like this is exactly, it's it's just rinse, repeat. It's the same target, the same rationale. And it is. And it's happening along with a, a rise in anti-Semitism, which I don't know if it's coincidental or, or all baked into the same thing. But here we are. <laughs> Scary times we're living in. And the reason that I call attention to this stuff is because we all need to not only be aware of it, but we need to be armed to push back. When I say armed, I don't mean weapons. I mean words. I mean knowing how to talk to these people. So Aaron, your Substack is a perfect example. You put out so much great information and knowledge is power. And that's how we, we, we fight back against these people and this kind of nonsense. So here's a question for you, Aaron, uh, from our pal Spocko, who's in the chat room. He says, um, who is the group that drove the national bills and the specific language to convince people that, uh, that trans is bad? Yes, of course. Um, so we know that it's the Alliance Defending Freedom. They're the main one. They're the ones that are writing most of the laws out there. You can consider them the NRA, but for hyper right-wing Christian conservatism. Uh, they are funding lots of money. They're getting paid by many of these state legislatures and governors to defend the laws that they're writing. So it's kind of a racket there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just passing money off to the Alliance Defending Freedom in that way as well. And in fact, the fact that these laws are unconstitutional does not detract from them trying to pass them. In fact, it increases their their want to pass them because number one, they know that they're going to get to pay their religious cronies that are going to then pass these laws more. But number two, they know that they're going to try to get this very particular interpretation of rights into the Supreme Court so that way they can restrict rights for not just trans people, but gay people, lesbians, that they can restrict rights for people seeking abortions, seeking um, uh, birth control and more. And so, yeah, it's the it's the Alliance Fending Freedom. Other organizations to be aware of are uh, Turning Point USA, which oh, is yes. extremely well funded. And they're and based here in, in Arizona, yeah. by the way. This is they you know, they have their national meetings here. Um, it, it's it's very apparent that they're here and it's frightening. And the Heritage Foundation, um, which is doing Project 2025, which seeks to codify trans people as obscene. 
And so that's something that we are also seeing. Those three orgs are probably the biggest ones. Now, have so so we're seeing this trend toward this anti-trans uh, legislation. Have any anti-trans bills been reversed? Um, reversed in, in terms of uh, in, in court, yes. Um, in in legislatures, no. Uh, so what we have seen so far is we've actually had a few really good rulings. Um, we know that in the uh, we know that Arkansas, the Eighth Circuit, overturned the gender affirming caravan in in Arkansas. We also very recently had a federal judge overturn the Idaho gender affirming caravan. Likewise, in Montana. Uh, which has an amazing state constitution. Uh, a state judge has overturned the gender affirming care ban in Montana. Uh, so we, we do see a few places where this is going well. On the other hand, there are, you know, we just saw Trump nominate and get in place many, many conservative judges in several circuits. And in fact, in Tennessee and in uh, the, the 11th circuit, so down in Florida, we've seen mostly Trump appointed panels of judges essentially state that Trans people have no rights, that we are not a protected class, that you can discriminate against us for any means. Wow. Um, you know, since, uh, I'm sorry. No, go. go. No, you grew it, Brett, go. Since, uh, I, was, I was wondering what Aaron would think of it, um, because, you know, the Republicans, as we know, uh, play the long game. And it would seem to me that the way this bill's written, uh, I, it seems to me this is laying the groundwork for detention. Yep. In Florida. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and let me let me actually explain how, uh, because this is something that I've spoken to many legal experts about. And uh, this bill in Florida, um, the one that refuses all legal recognition for trans people in the state, actually one of the things that it does is it requires that all, all people in Florida um, sign biological sex affidavits. And so if you're going to go to get your DMV updated, like your, your driver's license updated, they will give you a paper that is a biological sex affidavit that you're going to have to sign. And that I, I think a lot of people aren't prepared for that. Like, I think whenever they see that, they're going to think it's ridiculous. But that's what, if this law passes, it's going to do. And if you lie on that affidavit, they can arrest you. But if you do, if you tell the truth, and like you say, yeah, I was assigned male at birth, um, they can then use that as their means for checking you in bathrooms, for checking you anywhere. And so this is a way that they could potentially arrest trans people in Florida. Oh, my God. You know, it's just it seems like it was just yesterday that uh, North Carolina had such pushback because of their bathroom bill. Right. That the, the, There was the fear. So, oh, my God, you can't go into a bathroom. And I guess all star games were pulled and then there was pushback. But mm -hmm. and then I guess. I, uh, maybe not so quietly to me, it seems quietly because I had no idea this was going on. That's why it's so important the work you're doing, Erin. Yeah. And I'm glad yeah. I could help, you know, promote it. Um, then I'm reading your blog and I see that's not it. That's not all that's happening in Florida. I guess there's another bill, unless this is part of the same one, um, that would make accusations of discrimination <laughs> towards transgender people, defamation per se. So if I... Like as a slur said, someone was trans. First of all, that's not a slur, but say I use that as a slur. I could be fined thirty five thousand dollars for using it's, that as a slur. What? What? No, it's, it's even worse than okay. that. It's it's if I were to say you're being transphobic, oh. you could sue me for thirty five thousand dollars because I called you transphobic. Oh, my God. It's, so it's just it calling some information per se. Yeah. So, so if for you calling call trans. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Transphobic, transphobic. But I don't want to add this again, because, again, it's not just going to stay focused on us. Transphobia 
homophobia, sexism, or racism. So if you call somebody racist, <laughs> that will be defamation per se in Florida. There's got some constitutional problems with that one. There are there are some extreme constitutional problems with that. Um, and I think that, you know, they're going to run into some constitutional issues, but that has not stopped them before. And what they are what they are saying is that it is defamation per se. And you cannot prove truth by citing their religious or scientific beliefs. And so if somebody says, well, I can say that you're blah, blah, blah about being trans because I believe that scientifically you're somehow like a man or something, you can't call them transphobic. They will then be able to sue you for $35,000. Oh my God. So this is- This has not passed yet, but this is something they want to get through. And again, the legislative session, the legislature is in session in Florida right now and will be until probably the second week in March. Um, And this is the kind of crap they're dealing with instead of, you know, Brit, the homeowner's insurance crisis. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You used to see what our uh, uh, security for the condo went up. Oh, I bet. Well, there are problems. So in Florida, like, you know, there's um, Century Village, all the retirement communities and stuff. And the the assessments, there's seniors who live in these places and they are on a fixed budget, a fixed income. And their their homeowners dues are going up like tenfold because of insurance. And they're being priced yeah. out of the homes that they own outright because they can't afford the monthly uh, fees that have been levied against them because you can't get insurance in Florida now. And instead of dealing with that, this asshole governor is out pretending to run for president. Well, we saw saw how well that's going for him. Um, and he hasn't st- set foot in the state, uh, I don't think, in months. No. Which is, you know, it's a it's a mixed bag. I could say that's Did a good thing. Did you see thing. what he's doing tomorrow? Did what? you see what he's doing tomorrow? Oh, what's he he doing is, tomorrow? So he's in, in South Carolina, you know, because he's doing the primary stuff. He's spending an entire couple of hours as his like main next stop after the Iowa caucuses, uh, basically talking uh, about um, stopping trans from playing sports. He's doing a town hall in South Carolina on this particular topic. So this Wait is a minute. Big issue. So that's like, the town hall. all about that town hall. That's I think on, on CNN or Fox is about trans. It's going to be the one that he does. I don't know if it's going to be the one on Fox, but it's going to be the one that he does at noon tomorrow oh my God. Uh, in South Carolina. And it's going to be about transports. So again, like it's brain worms. Okay. Like they get this in their head that this is their, their noted enemy and they cannot stop themselves from focusing on it. I have watched, and I've watched this last couple of years, thousands of hours of legislative hearings. I'm always watching hearings. And I have seen more time devoted to trans issues in all of these Republican state legislatures than any other issue, period. There's not spending nearly as much time on anything else. Things that are affecting everyone's lives and making it, you know, making life unlivable, like you can't afford your your homeowners, uh, your monthly uh, uh, whatever it's called to pay for insurance on the, the place that you own outright. It's insane. They're not doing anything to make the lives lives better for people. They're just making it worse, making life more difficult. I, I So. And again, I, I encourage people to I'll, I'll put a link up on my blog where I post the show. It'll be at NicoleSandler.com slash one dash 16 dash 24. That's how I post them. I'm not behind any kind of a paywall. So, um, you know, go in and share this show because people 
we know we have allies. Look, uh, I'm a, I'm an ally, but it, you're only an ally, honestly, if you get in the trenches and you help spread the word and say, this is what's going on and this is wrong. And we need to make sure this is not happening. Um, these questions are never asked in the corporate media. I don't ever hear no. them talking about it. Speaking of that, thank you for bringing up the corporate media because um, uh, NBC who the Democratic Party relies on, the only uh, messaging uh, uh, thing, thing that we have, uh, forget CNN there, you're way gone. <laughs> you're gone. So MSNBC, uh, they, they hang their hat on that, yeah. but um, they contributed to uh, Dean Black's uh, campaign or something. Uh, Aaron listed out who who contributed to his campaign, but I, I took it a little t- step further because I, I wanted to see how much. Now, Dean Black is the Florida legislator who introduced this legislation, right? He filed it, he yeah. He filed it. Okay, go ahead. Just wanted uh, to make but, sure we knew what I'm looking at what, <laughs> because these, these Republicans, senators, I mean, uh, uh, congressmen and senators, they sell out like a, a, a cheap back alley knee shaker. I mean, it, it's not much. Uh, NBC gave him a thousand dollars. I went on uh, what is it? Uh, Followthemoney.com dot uh, or, or OpenSecrets.org. Yeah, or yeah. And what NBC gave him one thousand dollars. Duke Energy gave him two thousand dollars. Lily a thousand. Comcast a thousand. Chevron a thousand. And HEA could not find. Hmm. But I guess that was dark money. But uh, <laughs> they sell out cheap, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you're talking about a state legislature, so their their needs are less than, um, you know, someone running for Congress world, or for Senate. Why would NBC be interested in this type of legislation in the first? What's in, what do they have in a game here for anti-trans legislation? NBC. I, I don't uh, know. M- MSNBC, who did Well, and you said Comcast, which is also, Comcast did another thousand. That's also NBC. Comcast owns NBC. So, you know, they, they oh, just want to they want to spread it around. You'll notice they donate to everybody. So, you know, they I guess they want to be perceived as anti-discriminatory because they're equal yeah. opportunity offenders. Just know they don't give a shit. They just want to be they want access. So that's why they donate. Yeah, that's guy, why media this guy donates. went from hanging mufflers to being a, a, a congressman for the 15th district. You want to you want to hear something something yeah. wild though on this on the same note is that you know you see these companies giving left and right and all this fun stuff. There are some bills in Florida and in other places right now that would also ban companies from um, from uh, engaging in boycotts over ideological beliefs. Oh, that's part these of the Disney these, thing. These exist right now. This, and like we're talking, you know, Republicans are ostensibly the party of no of, of no regulation, but they really love regulation whenever companies begin to pull money or pull out of states. So, right. yeah, we, we have anti boycott bills. This is a big thing that actually is rising in Republican <laughs> legislatures this year. Wow. They're also allegedly the party of small government and no intrusion into your private lives. But they're the ones telling us what we can and can't do with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. I I'm mean, done. they're hypocrites. They are the church of hypocrisy because that's what they believe in. It's OK if you're a Republican, they can do whatever they want. But Democrats are not allowed to do any of this stuff. It, it is astounding. You know, um, uh, Aaron, you do have a piece um, that uh, um, I, I like that you try to be a little bit optimistic and you put up a piece on New Year's Eve of the the, um, the victories that trans people won in 2023. 
what tell us some i mean what was there anything good Absolutely. You know, and I I think it's really important to whenever we think about all of the bad that's happening right now to understand that it's actually not all going in one bad direction right now. There's actually a good number of states that have gone the exact opposite way that have said, we're going to protect our trans people in our state borders. We are going to make sure that you are protected, you're you're welcome, you're respected, and you have legal rights. We saw in Michigan, for instance, the Equality Act got passed in Michigan, which will protect trans rights in Michigan for a long time. We also saw several states, 14 states, pass refugee laws for people that are leaving all of these states that we're talking about right now, like Mm -hmm. Florida. If you come to, for instance, Washington State, you can rest assured that you're, you're protected. Your medical records are not going to be pulled back. You're not going to be sent back to Texas or Florida. And this is actually really important because we just saw this law come into place whenever Ken Paxton has tried to subpoena medical records of trans youth that have fled from Texas. And they're trying to pull those trans youth back and potentially jail parents. Like this is something that's going on right now. We also saw, um, the national budget fight, you know, there were these anti-trans writers that were in all of these budgetary bills. And it looks like at least for now, those have been kicked back and they're not in the bills right now. So that was a huge thing. We've seen several states overturn their anti-trans laws in court, in courthouses. Even today, actually, the Supreme Court of the United States decided not to take up the Indiana bathroom ban case uh, and leave in place a ruling that says that trans youth have the right to use the bathrooms in wow. Indiana. Wow. And so like we are seeing, like we're seeing little bits and pieces of good things happen. And there are places in this country, in the United States, where you're probably safer as a trans person than anywhere in the world right now. But there are places in the United States, in this country right now, where you're seeing your rights eroded to a degree that very other, very few other places are. And so we're kind of living in, in some respects in like two different Americas here, you know? Wow. Erin, uh, I, I just thank you again. I'm so gl- uh, thank you for joining us today. And I hope you will come back because you're doing such important work. And I don't know that anybody else is approaching what you're doing. And it's uh, a necessity. And I think, uh, as Britt said, what MSNBC should have you on their r- r- experts roster. You I, should I be ha- on every show. I have show. joined MSNBC once. Uh, it was it was a, f- a month or two ago and it was good to be on. I mean, I'm. If, if there are any MSNBC people out there, I'm welcome to speak. I mean, I, I can talk about these laws and everything going on all day. Uh, but I, Otherwise, if your viewers want to catch up on things, I do write about it every single day. Every day at www.erinintheMorning.com. You can find Britt at, at uh, thebrittsummershow.com. Uh, Britt, I'm on Substack. I'm on Substack uh, oh, now you're on Substack. Is it thebrittsummershow.substack.com? I don't know. <laughs> We'll find out. <laughs> and, and you're still doing shows when you can. How, how are you feeling? Yeah. What's the latest update? What can you tell? People ask me about you all the time. Yeah, and don't ask. <laughs> um, uh, my, I have a pulse. You so have a pulse. We're working on keeping it going. She's hanging in there. And thank goodness that the VA is a, a oh, good organization because they are taking care of you and taking really good care of you. They really That's are. Good. All right. Um, I'm mean, very glad I served my country. So <laughs> thank you. I'm glad you did too. Um, Britt, I miss you. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much. The, what a what a joy it's been to talk to you. And uh, just know you have an ally here, and we will keep this topic going. Um, I will be reading your blog every day, and, and I'm, I'm sure inviting you back. Thank you both uh, for joining oh, us thank today. Thank you. You're brilliant, Aaron. It's great meeting you today. Thank you. Keep thank up you. the thank work. You, Brett. 
Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you both. Uh, Take care. Uh, With that, we're done. That's uh, time's up for today. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, we may have we may have a um, a a friend who you will recognize. I don't want to say, you know what? I will tell you. I'm hoping Kelly Carlin will be here tomorrow because I don't know if you've heard. uh, Someone took her father George Carlin's work, fed it into an AI generator, and generated like, uh, and I'm doing air quotes, a comedy special. I have not watched it. I will not watch it. Uh, Kelly's fighting back. I'm hoping she will join us tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we'll update you on whatever else is happening. As always, thank you for listening. Keep the faith and um, peace out.